0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to another segment of the Cisco and Falzone Hour, Broadcasting Politics. Tonight, we have an uh, interesting guest. Kenny Hsu is the author of a new book, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on, on Asian Americans, Excellent in Fighting for Marital Crosity. He's the president of Color Us United, which advocates for a colorblind society. Don't tell that to the other party. They don't look at that. They always look at everything skin color. Anyway,
1: Mark, welcome. Yes, good evening, Cisco and audience. And I look yeah, forward wanna, to speaking.
0: You want to go ahead and, and um. adorn
1: uh, Do- Doreen,
0: and, and, and who's the... Uh, you, you know, with... Yes, uh,
1: student, yeah, yes, students? of course. i benefit students for a better future, and I don't know if Doreen wants a name out there, the last name, so we're, these days. So, uh, no, no, leave last it at name. that. No, and now, no wait a second, name. I get to go on my uh, few-minute rant. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, just like everyone else, uh, I'm watching the uh, steel door close on freedom and liberty. Uh, not only do we have to be concerned with the weaponization of the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the DIH, also the, now we find out the Post Office has been spying on people. So stop and think. If the Post Office, who has no goddamn business spying on people, how many other government agencies that have... No goddamn business spying on Americans are out there. Because, you know, where, I'm from New York, so uh, the roach and rat theory always applies. For everyone you see, there's 8 to 10. You don't. So, what, is is the entire federal government turned against the 80 million people? Yes, it's 80 million, not 70 or 74. They cheated the bastards. Uh so now eighty million people who voted for President Trump terrorists or whatnot. Uh the, the phrase I'm starting to use is uh are we entering into a twenty first century inquisition? You know, is is the rock out there for us folks? Because these vindictive, sadistic, greedy bastards wouldn't hesitate to use it. Okay, I'm done, Cisco. <laughs> Very well said. Well, the state of Oregon,
0: the communist state of Oregon has basically implemented, according to their great communist leader, Katie Brown, that every business has to have and require mandatory vaccination passports, uh, papers, because they don't trust the honor system. How clever of Katie Brown. No wonder five counties in the state of Oregon want to succeed from Oregon and go to Idaho. They want to get away from the lunatic that Katie Brown is in Oregon. She's just as bad or even worse than Christy Whitmer in Michigan. another lunatic, communist who basically has locked down the state of Michigan. You know, it's, um, those are two places that you'll never see me again.
1: No way. I'll tell you, to me, Cuomo takes the cake. Uh, Well, actually, all five of them do, but Cuomo (laughs) glaringly, because he had the Javits Center and he had the hospital ship right in the harbor. And he still ordered the people into the nursing homes because he didn't want to avail himself of resources that were provided by Trump because it might make Trump look good. So, no, let's slaughter 10,000 people so that we don't make Trump look good. That's how sick these mothers are. And, you know, something else I've said, they wouldn't blink an eye with a million corpses rotting in the street. So just know what the hell you're up against.
0: Thank you. Definitely, very well said. Let 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 me call Kenny right now. Um, Kenny is also the lead insider on the Harvard case, which is he'll he'll go over that. And but we'll be calling
1: him. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy.
0: Three, ringy
1: dingy hello
0: Good to hear your your voice uh yeah i gave a i gave a brief in, introductory um, our audience is excited to have you on the program tonight and uh, yeah. we we welcome you. Um, I just I was mentioning you're the lead insider on the Harvard case and commentary writer for the Federalist, which was one of my favorite papers. The Washington Examiner, The Daily Signal, Culette, uh, and you have spoken on the consequences of the Harvard case and its identity politics ideology. I think you you're you're heading for stardom. I'm telling you. Huh. Well, didn't yeah. the DOJ well, yeah,
1: drop yeah. that case?
2: No, no, that was for a separate case with Yale, uh, Yale oh, University. Okay. It's the same type of case, but that was not a Supreme Court lawsuit like this one's about to be.
0: Definitely. So, Kenny, one of the things that interested me right off the bat was, of course, your 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 resume and, and your bio. One of the things that I wanted to discuss, tonight, right off the top of the bat. We had an incident in 1992 with Rodney King in in Southern California Mm -hmm. and South Central where there was a lot of attacks on the Asian community. And I thought we were past that already. But apparently Mm -hmm. we're not. Where, Where do you see the current situation compared to 1992 Rodney King era.
2: Here, here's the thing. Envy is real. Resentment is real. Yeah. There continues to be a resentment against Asian success in our country today. And this is not mm-hmm. just from black Americans. Uh, this is from elite white liberal Americans
0: mm-hmm. as
2: well. And you see um, things happening all over the country. Uh, people have wanted to get started to want to get rid of Asian Americans at gifted and talented programs. We think Asian-Americans are taking the good spots in Ivy League colleges. Harvard discriminates against them like they discriminated against Jewish-Americans back in the Mm -hmm. 20s. Um, And this has been going on for the past 30 years. And this is a huge story. And not only is it a huge story, this is a story that could have compelling uh, consequences for the rest of the country Um, In this Harvard case, it's about to go to the Supreme Court because it's fundamentally about, are you willing to let envy and bitterness and resentment against the Asian American community continue just because they take advantage of the fact that, you know, they study harder and they're at various educational opportunities? Are you going to let your resentment
0: continue? Right. Resentment, and I've always said resentment and jealousy, they are very, very critical tools that people use, and, and and you know I I went I'm I'm in the technology field also, and I've worked with a lot of brilliant Asian Americans, and I admire everything because the, the the discipline the discipline that comes is so precious, you know learning from when you're a child, being disciplined. And uh, I, I think that, that you're right. Jealousy and resentment has a lot to do with that. Uh, the, besides jealousy and, 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 and resentment, uh, when we talk about the black-Asian conflict, which is basically in a lot of these incidents that have been happening lately, it's been African-Americans attacking Asian-Americans uh where uh, those communities the two communities are they closer coming together the leaders or it's still very very separately apart you know the distance the communication the relationship is it closer or has has it spread too far to even resolve anything you know it's really funny um
2: You know, in the wake of this anti-Asian violence and everything like that, and yes, a plurality of it is uh, perpetrated by African-Americans. There's also been whites who've attacked Asians and also Asians who've attacked Asians. Um, You know, I've talked with a lot of black Americans about the Mm -hmm. Harvard case, about the fact that Asian-Americans have to score 440 points higher in the SAT and get much higher grades. To have the same chance of admission as a black American. And I'm telling you, most black Americans that I've talked to disapprove of that. They don't approve of it. They actually say, hey, that's actually unfair against you guys because we don't want to take away spots from other people that you deserve. And I think that's, that's why my book is called An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. Because I think meritocracy is a universal American principle. It's something that every person of every race can get behind. We don't want to treat you on the basis of your background, the color of your skin, or anything like that. We want to treat you on the basis of what you can contribute to our country.
0: Right. So so this whole thing also has become a, a polarized political issue. Um, during the 2020 election, there were more Asian Americans that voted for Donald Trump and Republicans. the Republicans. I think that really upset the white liberals that basically thought that they had a total guarantee of the Asian American vote. And I think that probably could have been one of the triggers. What's your take on
2: that? This is is a case that has galvanized Asian Americans across the nation. Um, The Harvard case is so interesting. Uh, It's so fascinating to to figure out because people get passionate, and you say, oh, it's only about a few admission spots to Harvard. Well, as this national movement against race preferences, against critical race theory, against Mm -hmm. woke culture – Against the industry of diversity and inclusion, which claims and i'm co- which of course claims to support diversity and inclusion, but really excludes certain people from its diversity inclusion vision, including Asian Americans, right. you know the grassroots enthusiasm for this issue has been deafening, has been exciting it's a new energy into Asian Americans for politics today. I've had the pleasure of working on many campaigns regarding that. And they're all, you know, they make it into the book, but you see the strength and the ordinary resilience of Asian Americans saying, hey, we don't want to be treated on the basis of our skin color. We want to be treated as Americans.
0: But you, but you know that that's just basically all, you know, talk, because when it comes to, without getting really political, the left always talks about that but they don't really execute on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's, clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, the, the left right now is actually becoming one of the most anti-Asian uh, yeah. contingents you could think of right now. I mean, it's, you, when, you, when you go to a college classroom, and I investigate this in my book, when you go into a college classroom, the first thing that ethnic studies people are likely to point out to you is the fact that whites are at the top, Blacks are at the bottom. But then you ask the question, hey, teacher, what about Asians? We're Asian-Americans. They'll say, oh, Asian-Americans are like right in the middle. So they're like white adjacent. They are (laughs) aligned with whites, basically, which, of course, you know why they say that. Because they say that because it's an excuse to discriminate and attack them. You know, they're like, we're attacking the privileged people. Asians are privileged people. Well, they're not privileged. They didn't come to this country with privilege. They came to this country largely with nothing with nothing and they built up their success in this country not because of their privilege but because of their hard work and their merit mm-hmm. and this is a story that
0: needs to be told and the left is not going to tell it <laughs> no no that that's the reason you, you, you caught my attention right away yes especially you know in, I, i'd like in, to chime in.
1: in he's talking about yeah, how the left is showing how the left is showing the prejudice towards uh asians um mm-hmm. do you notice the pattern forming as they also have hostility towards Jewish people. Uh, they also have hostility mm-hmm. towards religious people. Uh, they also have hostility towards white Christian heterosexuals. I mean, the hostility is just overflowing with them towards towards all groups, and it's sickening. And I'm glad the Asians are standing up and speaking out. And I'll tell you, one, six. Uh, Twenty and in, in uh, twenty-one in D.C., there were huge anti-communist Chinese contingents all over the place. Also Vietnamese, a huge Vietnamese anti-communist Vietnamese contingent supporting Trump. So yeah, and uh, you know, if I can take the floor for four more minutes, I have to say this: I have nothing but admiration <laughs> for the Chinese people. What these people endured—I I mean, even if you only begin with the rape of China by the Japanese in the 30s and 40s, uh, then they had the internal struggle, another 70 million killed, or slaughtered. I, I mean, the death count is uh, unbelievable mm-hmm. in that in the 20th century, and. Uh, how, look at where they are now. It, they're, they're like uh, you know going for king of the hill after enduring all of that. The lead is tough, but the people are amazing. Thank you. Definitely uh,
0: two five four six five four. Do you have a question for Kenny? Not yet. Okay, great. So Kenny, uh, one of the things that the left has been pushing uh, is these white supremacy. It it seems to be at the cross of the tension between African-Americans and Asians, including the model, you know, the minority myth. That Mm -hmm. seems not to be flying with too many people. You know, they've been pushing that. What's your uh, uh, take on that?
2: Well, this is, this is an interesting thing that you bring up.
0: Um, the
2: The thing is it doesn't fly with a lot of people because in a lot of people's experience, and I've talked with a lot of people about this Asian Americans have generally been productive people in their lives they have generally been you know productive you know hard working low crime, high rates of family. by the way, this comports with all the statistics, so they say, okay, well, Asians are just like any other minority um, but and in a way, yes, Asians are just like any other minority uh, because they have faced historical discrimination in this country. but to discount the fact that Asian Americans have been able to transcend some of that, build communities, build lives, build businesses, this truly amazing American story of mm-hmm. rising up um, is 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 that's that's a story that needs to be told too so you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge person to say we're a model minority. I'm not going to go on the record saying I mean, Asian Americans are a model minority just because I know every minority has people of their race can do well in this country. Um, but there's opportunity that needs to be taken advantage of, and Asian Americans are able to take advantage of it.
0: Definitely. Now, how, how, how receptive? Have you been, uh, has it been when you've done interviews with N- NPR, which is a left, left-wing organization, New York Times is a uh, left-wing uh, newspaper, H- how are they, are being, have they been receptive when interviewing you?
2: Well, this is one of the issues out there where you can actually start to convince some people on the left. Uh, this is how, I mean, this, this is how. This is you say, hey, look, um, you want to stand up for Asians, right? And they say, oh, yeah, we, want, we definitely want to stand up for Asians. Of course, because the left loves virtue signaling. They just love it. They love virtue signaling <laughs> and pretending to stand up for other minorities. So I'm like, okay, well, did you know that Asians are being discriminated at Harvard, discriminated against? Uh, did you know that they have to get higher scores than even whites to get into Harvard? And then they're like, oh, um, well, and then I say, hey, you're 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 for you're against anti Asian discrimination, right? <laughs> I mean you're you're against discrimination. You want a, the Asian community to succeed and they're like, Oh yeah, sure, then, then this is something that 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 should really be eliminated in our society, you know? Okay. Um we we need to stop putting race ahead of a person's individual merit, and I think people even on the left can understand that.
0: Stephanie. What policy would you say have been the most critical ones in creating the conditions, the tension between African Americans and Asians, in, in 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 the way that that you see it? Why
2: why are we, in terms of the tensions between African Americans and Asians, there? there's been tension from every group against every other group, you know, right. African Americans and Asians experience tension against each other. And then, you know, experience tension with other racial groups and everything like that. Um, and one thing that we can say about what Harvard's policy does is it further divides Asian Americans from African Americans. Um, And it further divides Asian Americans from everybody. Because this is a – Harvard specifies in their admissions process, we have a race-conscious admissions process. This is the crazy, incredible thing about their whole admissions process, that they love to flaunt how racially balanced their class is. And in doing so, they make race the primary factor of people's lives and admissions. And in doing so, they inflame tensions from every racial community to every other racial community.
0: Right. Right. But I I think I was get yeah, at there's been policies that have been set by left wing politicians, especially in left wing cities, that has even created more of a tension more tension between the two races. Mhm.
2: Yeah, I think I know what you're I think I know what you're trying to say you're trying to say there's Mm -hmm. more division in this country now between blacks and Asians, um, often because of left-wing policies that categorize people on the basis of race. I mean, there's no question about that. Correct. Um, one thing that, one thing that this, the story an inconvenient minority in my book, Mm -hmm. uh, one, one great one nugget of story that this shares is how Harvard views people based on their race um, if you're black and you write the exact same essay to go to Harvard, your essay is going to be viewed very differently than if you're Asian and it's just the case it's the Harvard administrators um, look down upon Asian people they if you give them perfect grades, perfect test scores, and a perfect essay. They look at that and they say, oh, wow. Uh, Or they look at that and they say, oh, man, just another perfect grade-grubbing Asian, big deal. But if you (laughs) changed your race, you you changed nothing else about your application. You changed your race, and people actually have done this. They've actually infiltrated Harvard in this way. If you changed Mm -hmm. just your race, Harvard would look at that kind of applicant and they would say, oh, my gosh, admit him right now. Don't even hesitate. Don't even wait. Get in the car and physically bring him over here. (laughs) So race, the way that people, the the Harvard administrators see people just because of their race is just awful. It's actually just awful. It's something you have to read about. It's crazy.
0: Well, let's uh, – I want to plug in your book, where, first of all, the website and also where we can get your book and we can put it on uh, on our website.
2: No, absolutely. You can buy an Inconvenient Minority on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, pre-order it today. Um, the book's coming out okay. July 13th. And your oh, pre-order... Okay. Yeah, but your your pre-order helps the first week sales, which is important to raise attention for our cause. Uh, Definitely, we, um, you know, just you can get it wherever books are sold and everything like that. So I'd encourage your listeners to do that.
0: July, just repeat it again. July what?
2: July thirteenth. 13th.
0: July. 13th. And the name again of the book. So, the name again of the book, please. <laughs> an inconvenient minority. That's a, yeah. that's a great title. How, how'd you, Thank you. I, I know, I, I'm just interested in how did you come up with, because we have the inconvenient truth by, uh, what was it? Uh, didn't Al, Al Gore say Al Gore who created the internet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inconvenient truth. I love this title. Inconvenient minority. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, now during the 2020 election, um, well, pre pre twenty twenty, Donald Trump got a lot of heat because he he, he, he he they called him a racist. They called him a you know that you know he was basically attacking Asian Americans because he kept saying that it was the Chinese Wuhan virus, and you know the the left continue has continued on that attack, but in reality. He was not attacking Asian Americans. I think Donald Trump got favorable support from the Asian American community. What's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a left-wing narrative. This is a narrative that is used by the left to try to convince people that um, Donald Trump is – uh, a racist against Asian Americans um, and everything like that. Um, I can assure you, all of the Asian Americans that I've met that I've talked to about these kinds of things, some are even offended by his words. But no one is going to blame all of the problems of the Asian American community regarding anti-Asian violence to a single comment about the China
0: virus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's uh I also believe that, again, the left has continued that because they want to cover their, their racism that they have against uh, Asian Americans. Seven three two five three nine. do you have a question for Kenny?
1: Not yet. I'm still listening. I only just tuned in a little while ago. Thank Ken, you. Ken,
0: Kenny, Kenny you're, they're, they're just mesmerized with you, listening to you. What's the um, in regards to you said Harvard? You've been focusing on Harvard, the Harvard case. Uh, Now we have in the Supreme Court we have five Republicans, uh, four and a half. Roberts can go either way, and then we have four left wingers. How do you see how do you see the Harvard case in the Supreme Court going? The conclusion, the the verdict. I think if Harvard, if the Supreme Court takes up the Harvard case,
2: mm-hmm. uh, I think it has a good chance. I think the Asian American plaintiffs have a good chance of winning against against Harvard. I mean, the evidence uh, that Asian Americans have for Harvard's discrimination is just ex- incredible. <clears throat> um, if you have to score 120 points higher on the SAT than a white person. If Asian Americans who are basically academically extremely excellent are labeled test-taking nerds with no personality, you know, if all of these things are converging together, then I think the Asian American plaintiffs have a really good case. Um, they just have to make it. I hope Harvard takes it up.
0: Or I hope the Supreme Court up? takes it up. Yeah, is it, is it on the docket? You know, because the Supreme Court works with the docket. If it's on the docket, that means they will take it up. They're,
2: they're deciding whether to put it on the docket. It could be as early okay. as next month. Uh, they have to give a writ of cert um, to put it on the docket.
0: Well, my opinion on, as I said, Clarence Thomas, Judge uh, Alito, Kavanaugh, and um, Amy Barrett, and Gorsuch, I, I, those five, I think they'll, 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 they'll favor the Asian plaintiffs. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced that the left wing judges are going to. They'll probably go with Harvard. Historically,
2: in cases like these, every time it looks like. I mean, the judges, the judges love to side with Harvard. Uh, many of them are Harvard alums, many of them get yeah. their entire philosophy from Harvard. Think about what harvard 's culture is harvard 's culture is about prestige. We want right. to make the next leaders of society. You know what You know what they teach people at Harvard? They teach people that you can manage civilization. Now, in order to manage civilizations, what do you have to do? You have to group them. You have to group them. Race is a very easy way to group people, Asians, blacks, Hispanics, whites. Mm -hmm. Harvard's philosophy is all about group and group control. And judges who are influenced by Harvard's continual philosophy will probably support Harvard in that.
0: Right. But I think at the end, I think that the Asian American plaintiffs will win because – and again, it'll be because of Donald Trump, because Amy Barrett, it'll be five against four. And again, John Roberts, he, he can go either way. But I, I, I'm hoping that he does the right thing and goes with the uh, conservative judges, and, and I think Harvard will be defeated. Uh, I think
2: Roberts has actually been one of the, one of the judges that have historically opposed affirmative action. So I hope that he can continue that this time. Who knows?
0: Yeah. If he if he if he does, you got uh, you're gonna win. I mean, you're gonna defeat Harbor. because yeah, like, I, I'm definitely I definitely can say in on this program tonight that the four left wing judges will not cite. They'll cite with uh, Harbor. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it's. Uh, Harvard, you, you, we've been focusing on Harvard, but how about how about Brown? Is it the Ivy League schools that actually do this, or is this just isolated to maybe Yale or 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 because uh, my 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 son was um going to go to Brown mm-hmm. and I, I I just didn't like the I mean we visited the campus you know Ivy League campus and everything I just didn't. I didn't get a good feeling for for Brown, but is it the Ivy League? You know, the Dartmouth, the 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 Penn, the 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 um, what the the Browns of universities? Is it or is it only isolated to Harvard?
2: Hmm. Uh, I think so. This case is the funny thing about Harvard is that when Harvard does something, other colleges listen, and this is a case that. Yes, many universities do besides Harvard. Um, This is why it's about Ivy League admissions cases, but also there's a suit against UNC Chapel Hill for applying the same policy against Asians. Um, Wow. The UC UC system has been applying the same policy against Asians. Um, You know, University of Texas has been caught in a similar (laughs) lawsuit. There have been – this is a university-wide – America-wide phenomenon, and it all comes Mm. down to Harvard, because when Harvard gives moral legitimacy to discriminating against Asians for the sake of their whatever diversity and inclusion that they want to promote, then colleges are going to listen, and they feel like they can do it, too. You got to take out the big fish. Harvard is the big fish.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well... I'm not surprised anymore any nowadays, but UNC, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's not – it's a good college, but it's not a prestigious college. It has a beautiful campus in Chapel Hill, but uh, that's about it. Now, a couple of years ago – no, not a couple of years ago, about a year and a half or two years ago, we, we heard the big story out there of these very Hollywood elites paying these colleges, as a matter of fact, the University of Texas, a lot of the elite, they were paying, they would have organizations go and basically push their kids who did not qualify to these universities, and they got, they got busted. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of these universities are kind of dirty, too, in that sense. Universities
2: have always played dirty, and Harvard University—a fifty million dollar donation to the college can get you put on the dean's list. A dean's list you can, means you get special treatment in admissions. Some, right. you want to know why Harvard is a forty billion dollar endowment. You know, if it got a forty yeah. billion dollar endowment, people genuinely believe that Harvard was, you know, worth a forty billion dollar college or a really, sincerely, a great educational experience. Fine, but. It's just horrible to think of the fact, to think of the, the possibility, even the probability, that a significant portion of Harvard's $40 billion, $40 billion endowment, which could have gone to a 1,000 different colleges serving a 1,000 times as many students, that a significant portion of that endowment was because donors felt like it would give their kids a better chance of attending Harvard. That's the real sad part about all of this.
0: Yeah, and all these Ivy League schools have big endowments. I mean, even the University of Texas has a a huge endowment. As a matter of fact, I I think about a year year or two years ago, they were thinking of basically using some of that endowment to allow low-income families to, if if you were a low-income family, you can basically go to Harvard for free. You know if they I'm
2: fine with Harvard saying If you get in We'll pay for your expenses to get in I'm fine with Harvard saying that That's fine That's what what my college Davidson did I think that's a fine policy What I'm not fine with Is we're going to give you preferential treatment Or we're going to discriminate against you Because of things
0: you can't control I'm opposed to that Right yeah, I mean, you should be basically not divide, but basically that's not how they, they want it to divide because divide and conquer is their method. By the way, right. Davidson, Davidson College is is a very good college. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. The only reason I know about all these colleges is because I had to go through that with my, my son you know, when he was going to college. You know, I had to yeah. do a lot of research and, and visit college campuses. But anyway, uh, so h- how's being a commentary writer at the Federalist? Because Federalist is one of my favorite um, reading materials that I that I have. What's the uh, what's been the how receptive have have they been with you in regards to this this new book that you're 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 basically putting out there, and oh, people you're... have been
1: mm-hmm.
2: people have been very supportive. Uh, the fellows has been very supportive. Daily Signal has been very supportive. They want this case known. They want people to know about what's going on. They want to know people to know that about the less discrimination. Um, they've been very supportive.
0: And I love the I love the Examiner. The Washington Examiner, I'll take it over the Washington Post any any day. <laughs> mm-hmm. How's the? Um, have you reached out? Have you been going out to the different Asian communities? You know, uh, you know, Japanese, Chinese, Korean. What's, how, how are how how are they? They they've been very receptive with you. <laughs> In regards to what's going on with uh your book and um your position
2: yeah this is this is an issue that has really mobilized asian americans For uh you know this is an issue that unites people um
0: i think that it's great and how about how about most of the asian politicians in Washington tend to be on the left but the great thing happened in in november of 2020 in southern california we got quite a few republicans of asian uh ancestry that joined have you been in contact since you live in dc and you know dc i love dc uh Have you been in contact with some of these um, conservative uh, Republicans um, in, in in D.C. regarding your, your mission?
2: Uh, Senator Ted Cruz um, oh, okay. introduced a bill banning Asian discrimination from universities. And guess what? 49 Republicans voted for it, and 48 Democrats voted against it. Could you imagine that?
0: <laughs> Democratic
2: Party, Party of
0: Tolerance, right? <laughs> party of Tolerance, that's... Uh... That is so true. Yeah. yeah oh wow. Well, Ted, you know, Ted is, is is a great guy. Uh I had a chance to meet him a couple of years ago and um when he was running for president of the presidency and uh really really uh honorable person.
2: Uh definitely.
0: Yeah, the the when it comes to the universities now do they feel that the harbor will make or break their admission policy in the next two in the next coming years? Is it going to involve them more if they, if Harvard wins or if they, if Harvard loses, they're going to have to some, make some drastic change. What, what are you hearing about?
1: Um,
2: I'm hearing if Harvard loses, they're probably going to try to figure out another way to discriminate against Asians. I don't, <laughs> I don't say that. I say that seriously, completely seriously. Um, I, I think that the UC system is already banned from discriminating on the basis of race because of a Proposition 209, which Californians mm-hmm. passed 57% to 43% and reaffirmed in the past year. Uh, which says the state should not discriminate on the basis of race for any reason. And UC is still trying to discriminate against Asians to make, because they have now a Latino quota where they want to admit 25% Latinos uh, into oh, their okay. student body regardless of merit. Um, and of course, you know, who's going to be cut from that? Asians. Asians are going to be cut. So Harvard's hmm. probably going to figure out, try to figure out another way to discriminate against Asians, and we'll have to keep suing them and keep pursuing it going on. But we need to toss bowling. This is the first bowling ball pillar that needs to come down if we're going to be able to end this regime
0: forever. Definitely, definitely. And, again, it's based all on uh, uh, now with quotas, just based pandering. That's the word I was looking pandering. Pandering. Pandering, Yeah. Two five four six five four. Do you have now a question for Kenny? Yes. Uh, what do you think about the violence that the blacks have put upon the Asians? Because
1: I've I seen lots of videos.
2: Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of videos. And crime against Asians has gone up. Um, and Black Americans are partially responsible for that. Um, I think that this is um, this is something that needs to be stopped. I mean, people who are trying to blame violence on Asians on white supremacy are just completely missing the mark. Because 28% of violence against Asians happened because of Black Americans, 25% has happened because of White Americans. So the statistics show that it's not white supremacy that are attacking asian-americans and everything like that and and so what we need is we need healing we need relations we need to stop dividing these communities by pitting one community against the the other the way that harvard is doing today
0: does that answer your question uh 254 yes fantastic uh, I have a question. You're the president of, okay, go ahead, 732. Yes. Yes. Um, talking about Asians, Asian Americans and, and Harvard, who else discriminates besides the Asians at Harvard? Does that make sense? Huh.
2: Um, yeah, Harvard, um, well, Harvard, admissions policy is very carefully balanced. And uh, just like they use race, they use a lot of different things. They use whether your parents have gone to Harvard before. Um, That gives you a five times more likely chance of admission to Harvard. If your parents donate to Harvard, that gives you a significant amount, a million dollars, $10 million. Then you also get a likelier chance of admissions into Harvard. Um, there is an there is a study that showed that I think almost fifty percent of the white kids at Harvard have a legacy or uh, children of donor background.
1: Um,
2: yeah. So there's so many facts, and so basically, if you don't, if you're not privileged, um, if you are the wrong race, um, if even if you are one of the smartest kids in the nation, your chances of getting to Harvard are basically nil. This is why I'm saying, and this is what an inconvenient minority reveals, that this is the game, that is, this is the road that we're headed down as a country if we continue to allow Harvard to do this. Because Harvard's people dictate policy. Um, and if, if we, we have a choice right now to make as Americans. Are we going to treat people on their background, or are we going to treat people on the content of their character, not the color
1: of their skin? That Okay. You know what, your your question? There's some silence to. I want to chime in. Uh, An observation from the outside, where maybe I can see the forest through the trees. I think the Harvard white people are just racist SOBs and don't want a Harvard student body comprised with a majority of Asian students. And they use diversity as the excuse to exercise their racism.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know, the... During the interviews that I was doing for this book, you know, I asked people about Harvard's discrimination policy and the response from a lot of liberals, including Asian liberals, is well we wouldn't want a campus that's sixty percent Asian, right? Right. I'm just look at them and I'm like, who cares what race they are? You know, <laughs> if 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 they were sixty percent black we would be cel- you know celebrating in the streets right now. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and the the fact that most campuses in this country are seventy five percent white or more doesn't seem to matter that much. But now suddenly somebody gets somebody's six fifty percent Asian, and now suddenly you guys get your get your
0: tail under your butt over that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very well said, Kenny. Uh- other listeners that have come in now, can you give us the website and the book and when it's coming out and for h- how to order the book?
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, you can order an Inconvenient Minority on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, wherever books are sold. Um, and it will be coming out in stores July 13th, but I urge you guys to pre-order a copy because we want to get our first week sales so we can raise awareness for this issue. We want to make this book a bestseller. Um, and, and, and of course, I think, you know, uh, this book is of great interest um, to, to you and to the people around us. Definitely, definitely.
0: How, what's been the impact of Hollywood when it comes to Asian Americans? Has it been positive or negative towards, you know, the current situation of the attacks on on the Asian American community. I think
2: that Hollywood has. This is part of my book um, where I talk about Asians in Hollywood, and then also just the general philosophy of Hollywood. Um, Harvard, sorry, not Harvard. Hollywood has always. Um, their racial climate at Hollywood has always changed, you know. In the 1920s, Hollywood did not want to offer blacks leading roles. They also didn't want to offer Asian women leading roles. Um, there were a couple of Asian men that were actually doing pretty well in Hollywood actually at that point. But then America was attacked by Japan. They wanted to kick all the Asians out. Um, now Hollywood is obsessed with diversity and inclusion and everything like that. Um, but they forget that just 20, 30 years ago, Hollywood would make movies laughing at Asians uh, and, you know, saying Long Duck Dong, uh, which is who is a famous character in 16 Candles, uh, which he's really, it's a really funny character. But they would never make a movie like that today anymore. Um, and now they're obsessed with not offending the right people and everything like that. But if you think that it's progress, just wait because Harvard Hollywood attitudes change about Asian people all the time, every decade,
0: and I'm I'm sure it will continue to change. Yes, I think I think uh, you know one of my favorite actors growing up was Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah, but uh, for me, Hollywood has been. Hollywood is very left-wing, very, very left-wing, and I, my, pers- my perception, my perspective on how they see Asian Americans has always been somewhat negative from yes. f- from the Hollywood perspective. Um, so, I definitely um, concur with you on, on that. Now, in regards to your organization, which you are the president of the organization, uh, the president of Color Us United, how long has that organization been around? And, and um, what's the, 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 the long-term goal, short-term goal and long-term goal? Color Us United is an
2: organization that advocates for a race-blind society. That's why I took up the position of president. That's why I was recruited. Um, we want your signatures. Um, go to ColorUsUnited.org and sign up if you really believe in a race-blind society, which is basically sure. a society in America where we don't where we don't have to look at people's race and think it defines them. Where where we can live in in America. where people can go about their daily lives without having to be called racist, you know, at work. Um, And how people, and now the current woke movement, as we know, the current critical race theory movement, is now trying to define everything in the lens of race. And it's coming into our schools, it's coming into our corporations with their diversity quotas, it's coming into our media, and it's coming into our government policies. And so our long-term goal is, We're going to use the power of your signature, and we are going to um, align ourselves with initiatives and objectives that really promote the race-blind ideal in America, and and that's that's what we're formed to do.
0: And for folks out there who do not know what the critical race theory is, it's basically a left-wing agenda. That it's been pushed in mostly Democrat-controlled cities and states, but I'm I'm very impressed with Ron DeSantis, the governor of of, of Florida, uh, Governor Abbott in, in Texas, and, and a lot of the red states, they've been basically uh, the legislators have been basically going against that critical race theory. So. Where do you see that? You know, it's a division between red and blue state. Hmm. I think it's a division between people who place their
2: racial identity at the forefront of their identity or and people who just want to live their lives. I think most Americans just want to live their lives, um, And, you know, we love and we, we love our neighbors and we care about them, whether people we don't like. But it doesn't always have to do with race. And what the critical race theorists are trying to do is saying, hey, if you don't like a black person, it must be because they're black, right? You have to be a racist. No, sometimes there's sometimes you just encounter a person you don't want to talk to at the supermarket,
1: or sometimes,
2: right? right or sometimes you decide that you want to make friends with a person, you know, who is near you, and that person happens to be of a certain race, you know. And colorists united, and you know, why we're really formed is we really want to protect the normal American's right to, to be treated equally in our country today and to not have an incessant focus on race become the defining factor of who we
0: are. Yeah, I, I, I've been to, to the website, and definitely everyone out there, please sign up. Let's get this website really go viral, because I think uh, we need to come together as a a country, as people, and uh, otherwise, we're heading for a very, very not good ending. Uh, We have a couple more minutes. I wanted to touch base on, when it comes down to looking at, at the future, uh, the Harvard case is critical, the critical race theory is critical. What other uh, items in the agenda will basically convince you that we're heading in, a, in, a, in, in the right direction? I think if we of a win co- the Harvard... Of a, co- of, of a colorblind society. Like Martin Luther King said, in his speech at Lincoln Memorial think, in, in Washington, D.C.
2: I think we're already seeing those trends today. You know, young people more than ever are getting into interracial relationships. Um, people are, you know, living together, eating together. There are different restaurants and foods of all different cuisines. You know, America really is a melting pot. And that, that's, that's the vision of society that we want. Um, you know, and, and we want, but now you see there's this group of left-wing activists that want to call everybody racist if you know, we're just living their <laughs> normal lives, you know. And that's what we have to fight. We ha- and now Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is saying if you don't preach black solidarity to black people, then you were not going to treat you as a, then, then you're, not, you're not with us. It, they're they're convincing an entire segment of society that that the fact of their black identity is most important or more important than anything else, and we have to be anti Black Lives Matter. We have to stand up against that. We have to say, hey, you many things define you. Race is only one of those things, and it's far more important that you live in this country, that you're blessed by this country, that you have the opportunities that you have than it is anything else.
0: Right, but. Black Lives Matter has been, their founders have been investing millions and millions in properties, and none of that has gone back to the communities that they're, they're preaching, that they're basically working for. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the irony of all of this. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, 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 uh, again, that's typical of left-wing Democrat politics and and activists they talk on right. one side of their mouth one thing and then they actually don't do anything on the other side, but right definitely definitely and in regards to um you were you to finish up, you were on the tucker carlson tucker is 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 definitely someone that that really is very outspoken about. And I admire him for taking those positions how 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 was that interview oh it was it was great i i really enjoyed it definitely definitely uh well thank you again kenny uh we wish you the the very best luck thank you for taking time to come we'll we'll push this book we'll push the organization and uh what, what radio the, uh, station is this? I'm wondering. This is Block Talk Radio. I'll send you, uh, if you want, the um, the recording, so you can have it. Oh, and sure. We can, Thank you. Yeah, and we can. Yeah, we can be, definitely touch base uh, when the book comes out, and uh, we'll be following you. I, I, I read the. Thank you. Occasionally the the federalists and everything. So the best of luck, and um, we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Wow. Wasn't good that a great bro. interview? Yeah. Good. Very, very, very good. Next, next week, we'll have another fabulous guest on the Cisco and Falstone Hour of and Politics on Blog Talk Radio. Um, we'll, we'll definitely um, be enjoying a great hour that we take every week to educate and inform our listeners. Good night.